You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, the man whose business is benching, Coach Ben. What's up, guys? Coach Ben here, and you are listening to The Benchcast, the number one podcast if you want to increase your bench press. And today's episode is going to be a continuation of last week's episode in which I discussed my previous training cycle, uh, which I was getting back into full power, doing a full power single ply meet, mind you, with a USAPL. Very different for me in many ways. I haven't done a full power single ply meet. I haven't done a full power meet in quite some time, been a few years now. So I wanted to do the meat cap episode. So if you've been following along, this is a continuation of that, and the meet is over. It went excellent. I am going to discuss what happened here with you today. Uh, If you've been following along in the Better Benching Academy, I've been posting my training recaps on our group Facebook page, uh, as well as the Better Benching Academy. So if you have been following along there, I have the past 16 weeks of training, including the video from the meet recap all in there so you can see uh, along the way how i progress each lift how i broke in the equipment you know a lot you could pick up from watching those 16 videos of the weekly recaps so please check that out uh, if you haven't i think that would be a great learning experience especially anyone in a similar situation as me um, breaking in lifting gear getting back into a full meet um you know anything of that such there's plenty of uh, stuff to take away there but without further ado let's get into it so first usapl me wasn't really sure what to expect now this wasn't foreign to me as i've coached at local levels regional levels national levels as of this past year where um, our athlete charlene she won uh her division for equipped bench and uh, i believe raw bench as well uh, but she did fantastic. She's a national champion in USAPL, got her pro card. Um, and USAPL meets weren't foreign to me, but I haven't competed in the Fed. And so I knew going in there was a lot more uh, focus on being strict with your commands. So that was something that really took precedence in training i made sure i paused things absurdly long in my bench i made sure i hit depth very low in my squats um, and that was something i really tried to do all training cycle um, but in the back of my head i was a little worried going in especially when it came to depth on the squat but you know the little details going in there you know in terms of getting your rack kite doing equipment check getting weight in it's different than what i'm used to so a lot of it was an adjustment for me, um, you know, seeing everyone kind of line up at the door to do their weigh-ins, uh, the weigh-in process, working with kilos, getting my equipment checked, which I assume much easier nowadays that the USAPL has opened up equipment to all manufacturers. So I was actually able to wear my singlet. I was able to wear my brand wraps. I think that's an awesome change, uh, very welcoming. And uh, this is still prior weight classes, so I was kind of caught in limbo in which um, I was aiming to do the 231 class. That would be the 105-kilogram class. But uh, I knew since the weight classes were changing regardless, I was just going to 
eat as I normally would, keep my weight around the same, and feel good coming into the meet, which I did. And I was able to do my usual loading up on sushi the night before. That's a regular thing for me. That's something I always try to do is find a sushi spot all you can eat and just pound down a bunch of carbs, plenty of rice in the sushi. It's a great combo. Put soy sauce in, blow it up. So that's what I did. And I uh, weighed in at 106 something kilos so about 233 so it's just over but you know that's it is what it is uh going forward i'm hoping to cut the 220 that due to 220 weight class but uh weighed in got my equipment checked got my rack heights uh, so i figured out where i wanted to be for squat for bench uh all rather new to me it was in a it was in a uh it was, it was, it was a great gym and actually um, the owner of the gym was one of my very first lifters, Sean Queller. And I actually did my first bench clinic at his gym. Uh, I was out in Mount Sinai at the time. And he actually, he owned this gym. I didn't know at the time, but he owned this gym. And it was a really awesome gym, more of a CrossFit type setup. Um, running a big beat in the gym, it was a little bit cramped, but... Uh, it was a really awesome setup. It was awesome to see him, uh, a few lifters who I've coached who were helping out judging. And, uh, you know, funny story, I actually signed up for the wrong meet. And it was only a few days prior to this meet in which I emailed the meet director, Jim Kip, And I was like, hey, Jim, uh, I think I made a mistake. I think I'm in the wrong meet here. Can you let me know? And I actually, I did, I signed up for the wrong meet. It was a January meet I had signed up for. And I was like, no, hey, I'm not going to be able to make this January meet. Uh, he was really gracious about it. He uh, he said, hey, well, you could come down, we'll get you in in the afternoon session um, this weekend. I was like, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I don't know how I went wrong with that. Uh, something in the website confused me. And it was winter was in both titles. And I followed this link and... Uh, Lo and behold, first time I signed up for the wrong meet. So I'm glad he was able to work with me and get me in on that afternoon session. But um, that's a funny little anecdote there. I was uh, didn't know what I would be doing this past weekend, all this lead up, and then leave you guys hanging. Hey, I guess I signed up for the wrong meet. <laughs> so I'm glad it worked out. Um, so, yeah, I get there early. Um, actually, because there was such a line to weigh in, I didn't weigh in until about an hour before if not closer to the meat, something like that. And, um, you know, if I was trying to drop any weight, which I probably would never with a two-hour weigh-in, but some, there's, sometimes there's scenarios where you have to drop a pound or two or at least make sure you're on point. Um, and that requires some water manipulation. Um, you know, I would uh, hope that I should have been in line a little bit earlier so that I could have more time to rehydrate, but it wasn't an issue for me because I was weighing in when I was weighing in. Um, but getting used to that going forward is definitely something I'll have to take into account. But meat starts, I'm in the back warming up. There's already some groups established on the uh, ER rack, uh, a lot of that key, the kilo equipment. So I go into my own power rack I found in the back. I'm just going to work in there. I'm not trying to hit anything too crazy, so I'm not too concerned with using the exact equipment I'm going to encounter on the, on the platform. Um, so I'm actually squatting with a bar that has a smooth, has a smooth back to it. No knurling. Um, probably not the smartest thing, but 
uh, I got my warm-ups in, I get up to the platform, and I'm just so concerned with really hitting depth at this point because I'm just not sure what to expect, what the standard's going to be. You know, obviously, I know what depth is, but it's you, know, you hear you hear stories, you see videos of just things that kind of baffle your mind that that, that wasn't depth, um, more IPF than anything. But, you know, I, I like that there's a strict standard. I just was concerned going in. So I get up there to squat. I walk the weight out. It's all good. I get the squat command. Come down with it. This is 535, mind you. About 535 pounds. Very doable. Crushed it multiple times in training. I take this weight down. And I just keep going down. And I'm going down. And I'm just, I'm concerned about it. In the back of my head, I'm like, I'm going to really sink this sucker. So there's no doubt. And I just keep going down. Um, to where I feel like you know this has to be depth and actually what i I heard in the crowd was someone go oh shit you know they're just surprised that i got as low as i did in equipment um you know because quick guys kind of get a bad name bad rap for that uh because they they cut things a little high because of the tightness of the equipment but no i kept going down and down and down and then i heard someone go oh shit (laughs) and i was like i think this is my cue to get up now uh so i stand up crush the weight unfortunately that bar, damn that bar, it didn't have quite as much neuralness as I was used to. It slips right off my back. It's just completely slip. I feel it going, and I'm like, oh shit. Just slipped right off my back. Um, spotters had to catch it. There's no real safeties up. Um, so they're taking all that weight. Um, I have a period of which I'm just like, oh shit. But then I quickly, because I realize you know, they're taking all that weight, I turn around, I help them get it back into the rack. Um, I knew weight wasn't a problem, but my strategy going into this, I'm just going to take what I can get. It's all easy attempts for me. I'm just trying to set a total to build off of. So I do the same attempt again, come up to the bar. One thing that kind of threw me off was that I couldn't do my pinky under. Uh, so I originally had planned to go because of that. I went hooks in. Well, what it would be the equivalent of is putting the rack in so the post of the rack actually come in so you could take a wider grip um i changed that in the the warm-up room um not in the warm-up room but when we were doing the uh the height check and whatnot um i told them put the rack in then second attempt i made that adjustment i wanted to get a little bit tighter with my back Um, i felt good to get my hands in more but grabbing the bar fully was a little bit of an adjustment for me I did place the bar perhaps a little bit higher up on my back um, as a result of what happened on the first lift. So I go and take it again. Everyone's telling me that was really deep, deeper than you had to go. So in my head, I'm like, okay, so I'm going to get right to where I was before, but a little higher, a little higher than that. So I get down there, squat it up, no problem. Rack, bring me into the rack, three white lights. Lift's good. 535 in the bank i'm in the meat a lot of the nerves start to settle you know i've pretty much been through every scenario so the opener didn't phase me i knew it wasn't a weight issue came back and nailed it i go up there for my third now mind you i wanted to go for 600 in this meet didn't end up getting to it because again just playing it smart taking what i could get i just went to my plan second wasn't trying to push anything i take my second attempt 575 another smoke show Felt like a warm up. I felt like an opener. Um, no problem. Um, wish I could have gotten a little bit heavier, but so was the nature of it. 
always chasing that nine for nine unicorn day never quite got there and that was uh, gonna be the scenario this day i wasn't gonna finish nine for nine but i got a good squat under my belt first squat in a few years now so uh it gives me something it gives me something to build off of now with the usapl there is a quick turnaround so i mean this meet is running this meets booking we're gonna finish pretty early um you know, compared to other meets, which they, they run good, but there's breaks in between. There's more time. Uh, I kind of like the quick pace. I train with a quick pace. So when I'm with my athletes, we're training bench or something, I mean, we're moving quick. I mean, the next guy up, uh, I'm usually going pretty quick in between attempts with my shirt on, which, you know, traditionally with equipped lifters, you get a much longer break period or just the training sessions last longer. There's a lot of things you're adjusting and putting on and, and whatnot. Um, but I'm really used to a quick pace, so I'm into this. And you know, who wants to really be hanging out lifting weights longer than you have to? You want to—it's—it's it's a lot on you. So you want to get that done, get that over with, um, enjoy the day, but not necessarily take these huge long breaks. And I'm a fan of that. So um, I'm trying to get whatever food I can down. I get some—I uh, usually eat a Subway sandwich. That's always worked for me in the past. Now, as you get older, your digestive system changes a little bit. So I'm eating the Subway. I only eat half of it. I'm not trying to get too full. I got to immediately get back into warming up. Pretty much as soon as I'm done with squatting, I'm getting my equipment off. I'm going to the bathroom, and then I'm getting ready for bench. I mean, there's not really a layoff there. I'm trying to eat as much as I can, just get a sandwich down, get some hydration in. So I go, and I eat the sandwich, and immediately after, I start feeling it. I start feeling it. That gas builder, that tightness, that cramping. Oh, it twisting my stomach around it sucked it sucked and i was dealing with that the whole time till after bench i could finally go and drop a shit <laughs> that's kind of what it came down to i needed to just get a shit out you know it, that that hit me hard um but hey the time wasn't right i was getting ready for bench so um i was dealing with that that was an issue so I'm getting ready for bench again. I'm on a I'm on a rack. It's not the the ER combo rack there, but um, I'm on a nice rogue rack. But I'm using a utility bench um, on that rack, and it's less than perfect, but it prepared me for what was uh, what was I encountering on the platform. Um, so I'm benching off a utility bench in the back room, um, and you know I'm, my my man Stevie there. He came down to help me out. He was handling me for the meet. And it was it was trouble getting that weight out because uh, he didn't have anything to stand on for leverage. We didn't have that platform there, so he's trying to do whatever he can to help me get out the rack with the weight. Mind you, I'm not doing anything too crazy. My last warm up's like 495. We're only using five plates. You know, most of you probably maybe like, hey, oh, five plates, yeah, right, big deal. Uh, <laughs> you know, but um, I mean, from what I've benched before, it's it's not a huge amount. Uh, it's very doable amount he's handed me off that plenty of time so we made do and um everything went well everything went well shirts where it needs to be but in my head i'm still the whole training cycle i was really kind of still in my head like i was breaking in the shirt which i really wasn't it was plenty loose to where it needed to be i wasn't have any trouble getting down with weight but in my head i was always trying to get that shirt up as, as far as i could i did no jacking of the shirt during training like i didn't try to specifically bring the collar down or bring the tricep seams down i didn't do any of that so in the meet i'm kind of carrying that over um the opener i go in there i hit it it's good but not great 
it's kind of surprises me but again you're it's a full power meet you're gonna sap strength after doing squats i mean it's just the way it is um that's something you always have to keep in mind when you're in training you're doing usually a single lift when you go and do the full power meet especially with limited breaks you, you can't expect to perform the same as if you came into a training session fresh you do have to keep that in mind and that's something i think a lot of people don't keep in mind is that you aren't coming into these lifts fresh i mean they're you're carrying fatigue for sure so opener goes um i get lucky my hips are definitely up i get lucky on that one uh second i take that shit show uh i'm still working out my handoffs with jim yeah he did a fantastic job handing me off he understands he's i was the only equipped person at his meet he's an equipped lifter himself he understands equipped lifting he understands you know what goes into a handoff and it's always tough though when you're working with someone new because there's that communication of what you want but then there's getting it executed and we're just not familiar with each other so it was taking a little while to get out of the rack he's probably feeling me out i'm feeling what he's doing for a handoff and um you know it's just it's like it's like a wide receiver working with a quarterback for the first time i mean you're not gonna be able to read each other's routes um second nature you know you're gonna have to kind of learn each other so um there was definitely some things we had to clean up a little bit there but Overall, um, what really came down to is I had that shirt position too high. I actually ended up hitting the rack on the second one, and that kind of killed the whole set there. I go into the third. I know in my head, no, this is freaking weight. I should be blasting up. Something's not right here. So I bring the collar down, and that always, for me, has made all the difference. I like my collar low, but I was I got into that mindset for some reason that I needed to have everything jacked up high on the shirt because I was breaking it in or whatever or make it easier. So I was in my head in the wrong way and didn't even think about it, didn't even register. I bring the collar down, I bring the sleeves down. We get in there for the third attempt. The handoff, probably the toughest of the day just because of how long it took to get out in position. I think Jim almost stumbled over too. Like It was, it was difficult because I was purposely setting up further down the bench, and I told him that. But he has short arms, he has a bencher arms. Uh, so it was tough. It was tough getting that weight out, and I had to really – stick with it for a long time and I had to hold my breath for a long time so this weight's coming down it's obviously tighter now because I got the shirt where it needs to be so it's riding down I'm controlling it down I get a quicker press than I really was imagining um I'm trained again you make training hard meat becomes easy so I did long pauses in training so this felt like a breeze I get the press call fire it right up no problem held it at the top good lift surprises everyone that was my that, that was faster lift than the opener but so goes equipped benching sometimes you got to know where you need that shirt you got to know your scenarios went really well on the third bench so i got 573 was the second so after i missed uh so i got the opener of 545 i missed the second i was i'm just going to take this second again playing it smart this meet i go and i take that weight again crush it this time okay so uh, feeling good 573 on squat and bench same weight 260 kilo right after bench i go do my business get into the bathroom take care of that then i come in for deadlifts by now i'm starting to feel a bit sore i'm starting to feel a bit beat up but i'm feeling good my lower back believe it or not it's the first meet really my lower back wasn't really taxed much and really throughout training and just life in general my low back's been awesome and i attribute that to really hitting hard ssb zercher good mornings 
uh, that movement has really built up my low back strength like no other. And I would do this twice a week, pretty much for the duration of this whole training cycle. Um, you know, we looked at the 16 weeks I've been prepping. Uh, probably put this in second block, somewhere along that. So I was 12 straight weeks of doing this twice a week. And wow, did it make wonders in my lower back. Strong enough now that my lower back's not, doesn't feel weak, doesn't feel, it, it doesn't get hurt uh easily um in the past my low back would be screaming at me so that helped a ton going to deadlifts feeling good not like my low back's gonna break so that's awesome start uh, i'm not doing anything crazy with deadlifts out of any of the lifts this is the lift i sandbag the most um with deadlifts i was just planning to go 435 475 501 and that's that's what i did so i took those jumps Everyone giving me a hard time saying I'm sandbagging it, move really fast. But you got to think too, I haven't, I didn't even touch over 465 in training. I went two lifts over what I hit in training because I knew what the speed of things and the progression I was taking that they would be there, but still not having them in your hands kind of a shock value to it. You know, 500 felt like it really took a lot of me to hold on to that bar. You know, because I don't have a great grip. So with less knurling on that bar, it was it was a little bit tough. And, yeah, it came up well, but to me, it felt heavy. Uh, uh, I mean, it wasn't like total grinding type heavy, but it felt heavy because I didn't use that, haven't had that weight in my hands in a while coming back into it. So everyone else saying, oh, put some weight on the bar, but to me, it felt heavy. I'll tell you guys, I'll tell you guys that much. Um, but... Yeah, it, it ended up being a fantastic meet. I ended 7 out of 9, and the total is, uh, if you convert it to pounds, uh, 1647. All right, nothing spectacular. Definitely not my best, but it, it's a meet. It's a meet to build off of. Gets me on the board. Gives me something to build off of, right, which was the whole goal in the first place. So I'm excited about the next one. I'm excited to be able to progress this. Um, I know there's plenty in the tank. So that's always where you want to be sitting as an athlete. You want to be in a spot in which you had a successful meet and that you know there's plenty in the tank for next one. That's a great place to be because sky's the limit. You know, you could come away with a huge, huge PR, especially when you're talking doing something you haven't done before. So being my first full power single ply meet, I don't have numbers for that yet. So everything's a PR. So now it's a great to have a place in which I can progress from. Uh, I ended up winning first place. Obviously, no one else in my division. I was the only equipment lifter there. And I had a hell of a time. I got to say, I'm very excited to compete in this Fed and, you know, to see what they're doing after they've broken away from the IPF. I'm really excited about. I'm really um, amped and driven to really push myself to be co very competitive at a high level in this Fed and potentially get into those money meets in the future and push that. And that's really the goal right now. I'm um, not going to be able to make nationals this year. I believe my total does qualify me for nationals. However, I'm not going to be able to make it this year. And um, I will have to wait to compete in 2023, which is fine with me because I'm super focused on pushing this total. I'm not competitive to where I want to be yet. Got to give it some time. You know, that's that's something that I've learned early on is, you know, there's, there's times when I'm just itching and scratching at the bits to try to, be real competitive too soon and it's just it's something you got to give time all right with these big goals that you have you have to give it time that's lifting 
You know, you can't expect, I can't expect first year into it, doing the single ply here in USAPL, going into nationals, being super competitive. It's my first year doing this stuff here after a layoff. So um, you have to build back to it. So I'm really eyeing 2023 to be my year for that. I'm excited about that. That's my goals. Um, I'm going to probably do a meet in May here, Jim's meet, New York State Championships. Continue to progress this total, continue to progress these lifts, and then see where we can go from there. But it was a hell of a time, and you know I really appreciate all the support that I received from everyone. Um, everyone that's been following my journey in the Better Benching Academy, watching these weekly re- recaps, I enjoyed doing them. I will have more of them if you want to follow my training. You know, I voice over all my training. I film it all. Um, I give tips and suggestions and things too. So it's it's really a great resource if you want to check that out. Bigbenches.com and a Better Benching Academy. Um, but I enjoy doing these recaps on, on podcasts too. I enjoy talking about what I've been doing um, in, in my training, making progression. I'm hoping you know you guys can take away a little bit too from following my story and what I've been doing in my training and hopefully you can take away tidbits to add to yours. This ultimately what I'm trying to do is spread information which can help you guys out. So um, I enjoy everyone. I appreciate everyone following along. Um, you know, wishing me luck the whole nine means a lot to me. I thank you very much. And, uh, that's it. That's a wrap. That's a meat recap. Seven for nine. Great day. Super pumped about it. Moving on to the next one. Um, a lot of things I, I'm going to attack in my training. Grip strength being one of them for deadlifts. Uh, just really working to progress my weak points. Continuing with the good mornings. Continuing with ab work, glute work building up the squat, building up the deadlift. Um, the bench is going to be there. I'll tell you that, guys. That bench is going to be there. Uh, I might even get into a super katana for the next meet. Back into that, see how that goes, close back. and uh, I'm excited. I think we're going to put up some good numbers now here in May. Uh, this is really where I get to push myself, test myself. This meet, get it out of the way, get some numbers. But we're going to really see these numbers jump up in May. So appreciate everyone. If you enjoy the podcast, share it out. Tell a friend. That means the world to me. Um, gets us to reach more lifters, influence more, more lifters and athletes. So I appreciate it very much. And I will talk to you all next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give it a thumbs up and share. If you want more information on how to transform your bench press, consider checking out the Better Benching Academy on BigBenches.com. This is the ultimate resource for building your bench. Head on over to BigBenches.com to see how you can get started today.